0: From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpott. Hello, podcast listeners. Happy New Year. I hope this episode finds you doing well. As I was thinking about a guest list for this upcoming year, I knew it had to include a number of musical artists. It seems in the last year, my ears have been delighted by so many new and upcoming Kentucky artists who are making their mark in the industry. I'm also amazed by the wealth of talent in this state. Namely, the amount of folks from Eastern Kentucky who are really putting out some incredibly meaningful music and not necessarily within the confines of mainstream music. These are folks who are carving out a place for themselves and their fans, not on the radio, but rather on streaming sites, on social media, and just simply playing venues all over the place. So, to kick off another season of Uniquely Kentucky, I'm sitting down with Britt Taylor. She is an Eastern Kentucky native who is getting ready to release her sophomore album, Kentucky Blue, in February. She is another shining example of the musical talent born and bred along the famed Country Music Highway, or Route 23, that cuts a path through the mountains of Eastern Kentucky. Her new album is being produced by fellow Kentuckian Sturgill Simpson. Taylor says it is a celebration of her own healing and rebirth. We talk all things music, how this record takes her back to her roots, and she tells me why in 2017 she turned off the radio and stopped listening to music in order to find her true self and her own sound that she wanted to craft. Uniquely Kentucky with Amber Philpott is brought to you by the WKYT News and Weather Apps. Available on the App Store and Google Play. Britt Taylor, welcome. Um, I am so excited to meet you as a uh, music junkie. I've heard so much about you and now getting to hear this sophomore album before it comes out. I'm even more excited to uh, meet you. Welcome. How are you in the new year?
1: Thank you. I'm good. Just busy as ever and uh, excited for this year. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You've got a lot going on. Um, For folks, let's start at the beginning. We've got so much to talk about. We'll talk about the new music in a minute, but for folks that maybe don't know you, um, you are an Eastern Kentucky gal. Um, You grew up, as I understand it, somewhere over there near Route 23 and the famed country music highway. Talk to me about growing up in
1: Kentucky and your roots. Yeah, I grew up in Knott County. Uh, my mom was a an elementary school teacher there and I got involved in school festivals. One of my mom's friends was like, have you heard your daughter sing? Like she sings, like she's on pitch. She, she has key or whatever they say. And uh, mom just started kind of just encouraging me sing for me honey sing for me and and put me on stage at fall festivals which is really funny because I was such a shy kid I was the kid like hiding under the tables I did not want any attention at all um but she encouraged me in a way that didn't push me it just um I started to love it and I got involved in the Kentucky Opry Junior Pros in Prestonsburg which is a great um outlet that encourages creativity in in young kids and so I've been playing with a band since I was 7 so wow. at at a really cool um theater like I've let's see I saw George Jones there um Patty Loveless brad Paisley Dirk bentley so I grew up singing at a really nice venue I remember getting to Nashville and having to sing in a bar and I was like wait what, what is this <laughs> maybe I should have stayed in Kentucky <laughs> Were
0: you influenced from an early age? I mean, obviously, you were around um, other great musicians and artists. And obviously, being from Kentucky, we have a long list of people that you could look up to. Was there one person or multiple people that you really loved listening to early on?
1: Yeah, I mean, Patti Loveless was the biggest influence for um, her songs that she um chose to sing which I later found out you know a lot of those were written by Harlan Howard and and Costas and so I I learned to start loving songwriting and songs and trying to figure out who songwriters were because of of her music and taking out the lyrics and the, the CD jewel case and learning um who all was involved on the projects and so Patty Loveless really I think swung open the door for me to love country music and then um, I found Loretta Lynn after that and just her honesty in her lyrics and try to write my own songs, being that honest. And uh, I love Dwight Yoakam, um, of course, Chris Stapleton and Tyler Childers, Sturgill. Um, it's so funny when people ask me who my favorite artists are, they're like, oh, that's just because they're from Kentucky. I'm like, no, that's just because they're the best. They're darn good, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, I think, Britt, it's so interesting because there's like mainstream country and there's mainstream music. And then there's all of this other wealth of talent. And I don't mean to sound I don't want to put a label on it. I don't want to make it sound like it's not as good. I think it is. Some of it's even better. Um, It's just hanging around in a different place. Did you find yourself? sort of straying away from mainstream and sort of in that other place because there are all of these amazing artists that are putting their music out they just don't have maybe a necessary like a title that goes with it right
1: yeah it's really a beautiful thing and I think that it's the coolest thing that's happening in entertainment is that there's so many more avenues to be heard and to get to hear um, really cool artists that maybe don't fit a certain mold that get, you know, on the radio or TV for the masses, but that are still like just crazy good. I'm just glad there's an opportunity for those kinds of things to, you know, make it to those ears that are supposed to hear it. Um, when I got to Nashville, it was Oh seven. Wow. And that opportunity did not exist like it does now. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of came a little bit later, I think in like 2016 or a little earlier, people started um, releasing their own records to tune core and it getting on streaming outlets. And um, I don't think I like made a conscious choice to, to like, I'm going to do this Americana thing or I'm not going to do so much commercial stuff. I really just made a conscious. um, I just asked myself a question. I just asked myself, who are you? Mm. who are you what what do you want to do outside of what you think you're supposed to do so I I actually turned off the radio in 2017 Mm. I didn't want to hear anything new fresh I didn't want to be influenced by anything I just wanted to figure out who is Britt Taylor what am I supposed to sound like what makes me the most excited about doing music because I just got so burnt out and and tired of chasing something that just didn't feel it just wasn't authentic so um yeah I didn't say oh I'm gonna make an Americana record or I'm gonna not make a country record I just just made a record that that I that I loved is it scary because when you don't feel like you fit
0: in a mold and you're trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out I want to put something out into the world. I just don't know where it's going to go and who's going to listen. Is that scary? Or is it freeing in a way to say, I don't care because somebody else isn't telling me what to do. I'm just going to put it out there.
1: Both. It is the most empowering, terrifying thing <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we're complex. We can feel very different mm-hmm. emotions uh, at the same time. And And I feel empowered because I got to do it my way and I got to do something very authentic to who I was. But at the same time, that was terrifying because when you're that vulnerable to be exactly who you are, there's nobody that you can blame (laughs) for saying, well, they told me to do this or they told me to do that. This one's on me. So that, yeah, it is scary.
0: You've got your sophomore album coming out, but you put out music um, in 2020, which obviously was... It was just such a different time in the world, you know. Um, Sort of the world stopped in a way with the pandemic. What was that like trying to put music out after you had been, I'm assuming, kicking it around for a a number of years trying to get something together to put out into the world?
1: Yeah, everybody was telling me not to release music. They were like, Halt, don't go any further. Like, don't release any music. It's just, it's not going to work right now. Like, everybody's stopping their projects. And, um, my dad, you know, is really into philosophy books and, um, he's a small town entrepreneur, always starting one business or another. And, uh, he'd always taught me that when everybody else stops, you go. Mm. And so I just kept kind of hearing that. And my gut kept saying, no, like this song is for now. It's not going to be for later. It's now or never, like you have to release it. And I just felt it in a way I've never felt anything before, but I think because I did start when everybody else stopped it gave me just a little bit of an open door wow. to get heard to get noticed and when you don't have an insane marketing budget that's very very important so i think that you know had everybody else who had that marketing budget been releasing music as, at the same time as me i don't think that i would have gotten the shot that i that i got because i released in 2020
0: Brett, how has, you know, I'm old. I'm an old lady. I'm the old news lady. Um, I barely know Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but but TikTok and other avenues out there, how has that changed the game for artists like you um, to be able to put new music out there and to have um just different, you know, walks of life be able to to get your music and and then potentially share it and then you have an audience that grew for you that you didn't even know it was growing?
1: Yeah, it it it's crazy. I have a love-hate relationship with all of it because um you have to be very consistent with it, which I'm not always. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, sometimes I enjoy posting and I just try to be authentic with, you know, how I'm feeling in the moment and what I want to share with the world, but I think it, you know, it's changed a lot of people's life to be able to share music online and um There's an opportunity to find really great music because of those outlets and and to grow a fan base and um and i'm using it now to you know promote my record i made a post about all these pre-orders and that it was available and you know i saw my email say you sold a record and i'm like oh man Man, this is cool. This is working. So, <laughs> so it, really, it really is a blessing.
0: Um, you are a beautiful gal, but you also added your dog, which I, I know always helps because everybody loves like uh, they just love a, a furry friend that's in there. So when when I saw you put out your uh, furry friend, I was like, oh, now now she's onto something, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love animals. I have since I was a kid, I've always grown up with dogs. Actually, there's one back there. Whiskey's chilling in the chair behind me I and see. I haven't <laughs> seen the puppy in a minute, so he might be destroying something. Um, but yeah, I'm always posting about my animals because again, that feels something that feels mm-hmm. like something that's authentic to me that doesn't make me want to, you know, doesn't make me cringe. Yeah. Um, So if you get on my Instagram, you can see goats and donkeys and, and puppies and cats and chickens and, Um, and it's because those are the things that I love and and make me the happiest.
0: did I read somewhere that you were ready to say, like, I'm done with music or the way the music industry is. And that, did I see that you were like, actually, like you said you would rather clean toilets than
1: do with this. Did you
0: start a cleaning company or was that just literally like, I'm I'm saying that and putting it into the world and what brought you back? No,
1: I literally started cleaning toilets. (laughs) I love it. I I love um... it. (laughs) <laughs> in uh, 2017 I had was writing songs for a publishing company and just very I had been chasing whatever version of success I thought I was supposed to be chasing and encouraged to chase um, for four years and I was also going through a divorce and everything was just painful and hurt and I was very it was just a really confusing time and I just decided I needed to start over and so I turned down, you know, an, an option on my um, deal and I started cleaning houses and I, then I started cleaning churches and then I had mm-hmm. enough work that I needed to, you know, have some help. So I started hiring um, a lot of people, a lot of single moms are usually who who mm-hmm. I was able to help. And um, I funded my first record myself. I, I And I and I did shop it or whatever they call it to a few industry people who were like turned it down and I was like well that's fine I don't think this this is rocket science like it used to be and there's so many more avenues because of Spotify and social media I was like I'm just gonna do this on my own I'll create my own record label and I'll clean however many churches it takes to try and um, market it
0: Boy that's the eastern kentucky way right there. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps and say I'm going to do it nobody's going to do it for me. That I hear that in there. Let's talk about this new record. Um you have put something really lovely out into the world. I, I am no music critic, but your folks gave me an early listen so I have gone diligently through it and I I hope this is a compliment to you but I know this was back to your roots of Appalachia, but like um, I hear some good like 80s sounds of like 80s country ladies that I love. Um, Is that true? Am I hearing that in there? I don't know, like it's got a great vibe and a great sound.
1: Oh yeah, there's I love the Judds and Patty. Patty I guess was early 90s, Judds was late 80s. Um, There's also like influences from Karen Carpenter and the Bee Gees and, um there's a little bit of everything on that record and it's just you know influenced by like I said all the things that I that I love yeah
0: what do you hope it says to people what do you hope you know people may have heard Britt Taylor in 2020 and been following your music this is a new year it sounds like a new you you've got a lot going on in your life personally what do you hope that this says to the world about your music and what you've been doing all these years
1: Um, I hope most of all that people just relate to it that they listen to it and can insert their own stories and um, feel like they're a little less alone in those stories. Um, That's what I loved about, you know, those Patty Loveless songs, even as a kid, I didn't know anything about divorce or anything like that. But one of my favorite songs was about um, was a, a divorce song and the one about her, mom that um how can i help you say goodbye about her mother about moving from town and her mother passing away like those were my favorite songs because they they touched something very deep in me because they they just evoked this emotion and i and whether it's a happy song or a sad song i just i hope that people feel something when they listen to this record yeah.
0: Music can do that to us. It can do that in the same song. We can feel the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in one song. And it really can do that to your heart. Talk to me about having uh, Sturgill Simpson be a part of this and be a part of the the production of this,
1: this record. It's crazy. It's wild how it all came about. And it came about very quickly. I had text um, David Ferguson one day after I had had like a whole week of meetings with different producers and I just, wasn't feeling it. And so I had text Ferg and I was like, Hey, you know how to make country records. Let's just me and you go make a record and we'll figure it out. And I thought I'll just self-fund it all, all mm-hmm. again and, and, uh, you know, do whatever it takes. And, uh, he takes me back immediately and said, how about me and start to make. A record? Wow. I'm so sorry. My dog is. Oh, okay. no. um,
0: real life. That's what I like about this. It's real life. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thanks. Um, But I I had just been offered a record deal like three months prior that didn't work out. It was one of the biggest heartbreaks of my life. It was awful. And uh, so I was trying, like, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. But they were just soaring through the clouds. There was nothing I could do about it. And uh, But within like 30 minutes, uh, Ferg had called back and said, hey, uh, Sturgill's in. 30 Tigers is putting it out and they're going to help us. Wow. They're going to help you fund it. Cause I was like, I'm broke. I don't, I cannot afford. Yeah. Sturgill Simpson. Okay. <laughs> and he was like, no, 30 Tigers is going to help. Sturgill's helping. Um, we're going to cut your record on August 26th, 27th and 28th uh, at Cowboy Jack's studio. And I was like, what <laughs> are you kidding me? And uh, then I, I guess that was two months prior And so the whole two months, I was like, please don't go away. Please happen. Please happen. And it happened. (laughs)
0: What what does that feel like to you to have somebody like, um, Sturgill believe in you and, and, you know, believe in you enough to say, I'm going to get this together. We're going to put this out into the world. And did you learn anything from the process from
1: somebody like, you know, Sturgill Simpson? Yeah, it's, it's so easy for me to just like, I don't know, would question myself all the time and wondering if I'm doing the right thing. And Sergio just really encouraged me to make up my own mind about a lot of things, whether it was because we, you know, I sent in twenty five songs and or thirty and we all sat down together and we picked twelve or picked fifteen right. and then we recorded twelve. And then I of course loved all of them. And so I asked Sergil, like, Hey, I don't know which songs to not put on a record, which which two are we gonna cut? And he's like, Well it's your record. Mm-hmm. What do you want? To and I'm just thinking, Oh gosh, I don't know. And then even with the, the order of the songs, which is always really important to me. Yeah. And he, I asked him like, Hey, what's this? What do you think about this order? What do you think about that? And he's like, I think it's your record. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he just like encouraged me yeah. to follow my gut and to um, just listen to myself. Yeah, and that goes back to that very freeing, but also very terrifying at the same time, it seems like,
0: too. Like, no, do I really have to make this decision? Yeah, I get that. I know. I'm like, but I'd like a little help, please. (laughs) Just a little. Just a little. Um, That record comes out in February. Um, You've got already um, a slate of dates. You're going to be out on the road. You're going to be back in Kentucky. You're going to be at Railbird this year, right?
1: Yes, that's I am exciting. so excited about Real Bird. When I saw my name on that flyer, I was just over the moon. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Um, I want to talk a little bit about obviously being from Eastern Kentucky and um, literally, I believe um, we're coming up on the six month anniversary of um, just just devastating flooding. You know, there's just so many words you could use for it. Um, You know, I'm a gal that I I was fortunate enough to get my start in Eastern Kentucky. I went to school in Eastern Kentucky. So like it has my heart. So um, this event was more than just a news event to me. It really hit home for people. And I know for somebody like you that that is home. Um, And I know that you jumped right in and you there were so many musicians that came together and brought your music together just to try and help talk to me about that and and seeing it witnessing it but then also trying to do your part to just give back
1: yeah I mean it it's it's heartbreaking it's not like that flood happened in an area where there's multiple resources where you know um everybody has enough money and and enough insurance to just rebuild you know it would just wasn't that it's not that simple for for East Kentucky and we hold on to things. Unlike a lot of people, we hold on to our, our, our things and our, the things that we passed down for generation after generation after generation. And those, there's, those things were lost, you know, and, and I don't know, it was just more heartbreaking than, than anything that I've ever seen. And um, I had teachers, you know, their houses get flooded, like people that I knew personally. And, and kids that lost their parents and like I mean it was just awful and you you can never do enough it just feels like I wish that I could do so much more um, for that area than what I did I just collected some supplies and took it down there and and I just I still feel like it's just not enough and I wish I could do you know even more but it it was just awful yeah
0: You know, I think it's one of the things that I love about Kentucky is that like when there is something we all pull together. But I do think that in the music world, and especially when you're talking about Eastern Kentucky musicians, like it is amazing to see people come together and use their talents um to to raise money but also just put like this joyful sound out into the world at a time when people really needed it and I saw that happen show after show after show not just like the big show at Rupp but just all the little shows at like the Burl and different places yeah. I think that's incredible
1: I do too it really creates a sense of community mm-hmm. and lets you know that people have big hearts and it just brings everybody together
0: yeah well you got this album coming out. What's next for Britt? I mean, what you you going to get on the road? You're going to put it out there? I mean, like what's next? Are you working on anything? Do you automatically start working on something else now that this is getting ready to go out into the world? Are you going to slow down for a minute? I don't know.
1: Oh gosh, I don't know how to slow down. But um <laughs> I I think uh, the goal is just to get these songs out into the world and I'm really looking forward to touring. That's one thing that I haven't done as much of. Yeah. Um since I got here, I kind of just put my head down and, and wrote songs every day. And so I'm excited to get the opportunity to get out into the world and finally bring my music to people because I think that that's what it's all about. Um, and then, of course, I'm already, you know, making a list of songs I want on the next record and, and, and we're still writing songs to see if it's something that's going to fit the next record. So definitely always thinking about what's next. And I'm always itching to get back into the studio. So that's definitely a question in my mind. Is like when when can I when can I make the next one? You can
0: never rest the mind when it comes that way. There are,
1: there are so many
0: um, folks like yourself that they have a dream of wanting to make it to Nashville or just wanting to write songs or play songs. Did um, did you have some advice along the way that somebody gave you that um, you think helped you get to where you are, or something that you've learned that you know that the younger folks coming up could could learn from with you?
1: Yeah, I think that the thing that I would tell any young artist moving to Nashville is just, you know, guard your heart. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean to be closed-minded. Always be open-minded. Listen to everybody. Listen to the advice that they give you. Um, Try different things. Try to figure out who you are. Um, But at the end of the day, after you've heard from everybody, after you've taking in all the advice and being very open-minded uh, about everything, go inside mm-hmm. and spend some time with yourself and, and figure out what advice, if any, feels good and authentic to who you are mm-hmm. and to really question everything and, and make sure that you're the only one that's answering that. And, and at the end of the day, follow, follow your heart and what feels the truest um, to you because nobody else at the end of the day knows that. And if there were um, an exact route to success, it would be happening every day. There's just not. And I think the the quickest way to success is just to being authentically who you are. I
0: think people, they just don't, they just don't know. We could tell them a hundred times over. They just don't know how hard it really is. And the, and the work that has to go in, that it's not all bright lights. And, um, and, and the, you do have to be really guarded with yourself. I think people just think you magic it magically happens when it does happen. And they forget all of those years that you really just grinded it out um, and put in the work. Right.
1: Yeah. Everything looks like an overnight success and it wasn't,
0: <laughs> yeah. it was
1: like, I mean, maybe that's strange in a little bit if somebody goes viral on tiktok or or whatever maybe that's a little different but they're still going to have to put in the work even mm-hmm. even if you do have you know an immediate um rush of fame there's still work that you can't get around doing
0: sure you know i talked about social media and how that you know can get music out there did i see that you had a song featured on um tulsa king for paramount plus was your one of your songs listed on there
1: yes
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I've seen seen that happen with so many artists just with, um, you know, Yellowstone in 1883. And, um, you know, I'm a Zach Bryan fan. And so I've seen that. So that that's going to mean a lot to you when somebody, you know, sees your song and says it should be played here. And
1: then next thing you know, you're like on a list that people can Google. I know it. It's crazy. I, you know, I've been wanting a song on Tulsa King, or you know Yellowstone, and and it's been something. It's funny. It's a goal that you can set. But there's really nothing that you can do about it. It either just happens or it doesn't. And uh, my husband and I had started watching Tulsa King, and we were sitting there watching it when I got that email um, from from the girl that does music that I would have us that asking if I owned you know the recording and if I would care if it was in episode seven of Tulsa King and I was like are you kidding me and we I I just hit pause and I looked at Adam, and my eyes were big and my face was pale and he was like what's wrong (laughs) and I'm like I just handed him the phone he was like are you kidding me and we we both just flipped out and then of course I called my dad because he had started watching the show too and we're both Mm -hmm. like big Rocky fans and Sylvester (laughs) Stallone fans so everybody's just freaking out but it was it was so cool Oh, and also speaking of the husband, you just recently got married. The photos
0: are so beautiful. That dress was amazing. Um, And fellow Eastern Kentuckian at that, right?
1: Yes, he's from Louisa. I think him and Tyler might have went to high school together for a little bit. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Do you guys feed off of each other from that creative perspective in terms of, And this is, you know, we're both kind of in this. um, Do you feed off of each other in that way? Or are you pretty separate in what you do?
1: I think think we have a good healthy balance of that. We're both very much independent artists who come together and also can play music together um, and respect each other's differences musically. Um, Adam plays a lot with me uh, going on the road and stuff, which is so much fun. And he's so good at touring and all the details that I'm not good at. And, uh, he also is a co-writer on two of the songs on the record. So we wrote um, no cowboys together and we wrote, if you don't want to love me together. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely influence each other on the creative side while also supporting, you know, each other's own individual artist careers well
0: i know you are a busy gal and you probably got a million other things to do today so i'm i'm just thankful for a little bit of your time um kentucky blue comes out february 3rd if people want to keep up with you they want to find you they want to get the record um tell us all the things where people can find you Britt.
1: yeah you can uh so for the first time my record is going to be in on the shelves in local oh. record stores so you can Uh, find Kentucky Blue the vinyl in your local record stores or on my website and on my website I'll have the exclusive um, blue vinyl um, Kentucky Blue Blue vinyl (laughs) and uh, (laughs) you can also find me on socials you can get the record on Amazon Um, very lucky that I have 30 Tigers uh, helping me out this time with all that stuff so yeah, you can check me out at brittaylormusic.com and follow me on socials and all What will it be
0: like to go in the store and um, as soon as it comes out? I know you probably you've already seen it, but like in a real legit store and you walk in and you pick it up off the shelf, what will that feel
1: like? I can't even imagine. I'm so excited to do that. I'm probably gonna ball my eyes out. Um, (laughs) But I I do really look forward uh, to going in, you know, local record stores wherever I am, just seeing it there and um, I'll probably be buying my own record. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what it's for you know i i um, named this podcast uniquely kentucky for folks just like you that you make kentucky um so amazing in so many different ways and you just add to the uniqueness of of our home state so from one kentucky gal to another thank you for your time and brit best of luck and um we'll be listening and watching for you when you get back to lexington okay or eastern kentucky for thank that you.
1: yeah thank you so much